Well, good morning, good morning. You know, it's actually a, a, a privilege to be uh, connecting with you in your presumably living room or wherever you might be. I know so many of you would really like to be in service with us and joining us. And um, yeah, this is helpful. So at least we can connect. Uh, of course, it's not as personal. I just can't see you. So I'm, I, I, I miss you. Uh, and we invite you to come to church if you can make it. I think it's a better experience, but really appreciate uh, you watching today. Uh, basically, a quick question. Uh, are you in need of God's guidance, <clears throat> God's direction, or needing some sort of uh, insight from the Lord, maybe wisdom, or a decision that you need to make, uh, or you're concerned maybe about finances or caring for your uh, parents uh, or schooling for your kids and there's just these like what's the right thing to do or how should I go about this or uh, how do I tackle this what are these areas in your life that are a concern for you that really the Lord can help you in that area today we want to look at the book of Proverbs Last week, Sarah did a great job of uh, opening up the book of Proverbs, and, and today I'm going to do uh, a second uh, series in the book of Proverbs, and then we'll, we'll be done with Proverbs. But Proverbs is just such a wonderful, wonderful piece of Scripture. Uh, without Proverbs, uh, we, would be, we would really be missing a lot. So uh, I'm excited to be sharing with you about Proverbs. And um, yeah, I mean, we all deal with uh, a certain amount of uncertainty when we look ahead. No matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus, whether you're new to faith or whether you've been following him for, you know, many, many decades, uh, you might know a lot about Jesus, but it doesn't um, mean that Jesus is no longer needed in our lives because when we look forward, we have uncertainty and challenges that we really desire to have the Lord's uh, help uh, in and with. So uh, just having more information about Jesus uh, is a mistake that people, I think, make. Or a secondary mistake people make is saying, well, all I need to do is believe in Jesus. Well, knowing about Jesus and believing in Jesus, I'm sorry to say, is actually not enough. What Jesus says that he wants of us is he wants us to be his disciples, which is knowing about him, it's believing in him, but it's living for him. And not only living for him, but living with the purpose and the mission that Jesus has on earth. And we, he wants us to be part of that. And when we understand that Jesus wants us to be his disciples, not just his, uh, you know, not just believe in him. It really does and should change the way we live practically. So, <laughs> if we look at um, proverbs, I'd say they are practical, they are faith in action, and they faith in real life situations. Super helpful. Uh, you know, Solomon, King Solomon wrote most of these psalms or if he didn't write them he gathered them 
But most of the Psalms, uh, most of the Proverbs, I should say, excuse me, most of the Proverbs are attributed to Solomon. And uh, some, Solomon, for all his mistakes towards the end of his life, in the beginning of his life, he was mostly known for how God was blessing him incredibly in, in every aspect, but particularly in wisdom. And so people were coming from all other countries to hear about the wisdom of Solomon and seeing the practical application of that wisdom. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't end that way. So today we're looking at Proverbs and uh, we have many of our own Proverbs in modern day times. One would be this, take my advice because I'm not using it. <laughs> take my advice because I'm not using it. And in a way, that's what happened with Solomon. He's got incredibly great advice, but he didn't actually use it well at the end of his life. But when he was using it, God was blessing him tremendously. And I think in a similar way, friends, uh, you know, it's easy for people to fall away from church, say, yeah, it's boring or it's the same or I'm not getting anything out of it uh, and I'm just going to need more free time. I need to relax more. But it's a slippery slope. And if you want to stay vibrant and you want your faith to be vibrant in the Lord, God has ways that he wants us to do that. And it's to be connecting to him regularly. But it's not just individualistically. It's corporately. It's gathering together. There's just something wonderful that happens when we can worship together and uh, be prayed for and pray for others and see people's faces, which obviously happens in person a whole lot better than, um, you know, online. This is a great way of least staying connected if you're unable to or, uh, yeah, if you're unable to. So let me just uh, say that, you know, a proverb at the right time a right saying, a right understanding for the particular situation that you <clears throat> find yourself in is so helpful. It's so valuable. And so today I want to cover a whole bunch of Proverbs. And I want to, I want to believe that at least a few of them are going to be directly pertinent to your life right now. Like you need them and God's going to speak to you through that. So let me just pray for that. Jesus, I just pray as I open your word, as we share your word, and we look at, at Proverbs, Lord, that you would speak to each person. You know their situation, and you know what advice or what wisdom or what correction or what encouragement they need. And I just pray today, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you would empower what I'm saying to each person listening today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So let me read the first section of Proverbs because it kind of tells us why Proverbs are written. It says this. This is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose, now that's super helpful because it's telling us why we should read the Proverbs. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Now, we never like discipline, but it's always good for us. To help them understand the insights of the wise. 
to help us get insight from others that have gone before us, that have figured it out, that made good decisions. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Now listen to this. This is important. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. I mean, that little intro section is just packed with reasons why we should uh, read Proverbs and what we can get out of them. So I want to um, sort out Proverbs, Proverbs um, into seven different sections. It's actually very difficult uh, to categorize uh, the Proverbs, and many have tried, because if you read them chapter by chapter, you'll find they're just, for the most part, pretty mixed up and has lots of um, advice. They don't necessarily all hang together well, because it's a collection of, you know, what we'd call today one-liners, but in their culture, one-liners weren't the end thing. It was two-liners, mostly. And the two-liners would either be, you know, the first line would say something, and the second one would complement it, or it would be the opposite of it, or, you know, using two-line structure and a collection of these sayings. But I've given it seven different categories. Valuing your relationship with God. Valuing your relationship with others. Valuing humor uh, as a way of teaching us. Valuing marriage relationships. Uh, valuing our sexual relationships. Uh, uh, decisions, valuing handling money well, and valuing drinking responsibly. How's that for a collection of topics? But that's what we get out of Proverbs. It's a great, just a great book. And it's a favorite of many because you can read a few each day, and it, which is the best way of actually reading Proverbs, not trying to read the whole section in, at one time, which is the better way of men, reading many other books. But in Proverbs, just small sections at a time. But let's start with three Proverbs teaching us about relationship with God. And we've actually already discussed the one, uh, the one I read, which is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, Fear the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And friends, you can apply that in so many different ways. But the point is this. It, it, God does something to us when we put our trust in Him, when we're saying we're following Him, when we've allowed God into our lives, it opens up our ability to understand and connect with the Lord. And it's something like we can't do this on our own. But when we have the Holy Spirit within us, there's something which prompts us, changes us, inspires us. So it's absolutely imperative that we put the Lord first as our foundation uh, to wanting to gain his wisdom and his ways. 
The second Proverbs 19.23, fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. Uh, Proverbs 22.4, true humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and a long life. Friends, I, I almost like can't get past this point because you can read a lot of Proverbs and a lot of good books and a lot of good things, but the point is this. God wants to be personal in your life. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you knowledge. He wants to help you in your decision-making process. But the problem I don't think is on God's side when we battle with these things. It's on our side. We shut God out or we say we believe in Him, but we don't really. And we say we're going to follow Him, but we, we don't. So I, I just want to start right here before we go any further and say this. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't asked Jesus to live within you, do it now. Ask the Holy Spirit to inspire you and give you His wisdom. Say, Jesus, come live within me. And friends, if you've grown cold, if you haven't connected in church for a long time, or you're just randomly listening to me today, start right now. Say, Jesus, I apologize. I want a fresh start with you. I need you in my life. I need you to help me in making smart decisions and to be staying faithful and loyal to you because I know that good things will then happen in my life. All right, so two Proverbs that teach us about relationship with other people. Because God wants to shape us socially and religiously so that we are useful members in our towns, in our schools, in our society. Proverb 3, 27 through 29 says this, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and I will help you. Don't plot harm against your neighbor. If you can help, help and do it now. Another proverb, again, is kind of comical and we're going to look at comical uh, proverbs uh, right after this it says this a bowl of vegetables with someone you love is better than a steak with someone you hate now i'm using the new living translation uh, just so that uh, you can track with me because proverbs are actually pretty difficult to translate if you know another language uh, you will know that you have certain sayings and phrases in your native tongue that are only funny in your native tongue. When you try and translate them, the meaning is lost. For instance, you know, we might have a saying, uh, look before you leap. Well, that only works because L and L rhyme. When you translate it into another language, it, it might not, probably won't. And so uh, proverbs are a little tricky to translate. But let me give you a whole bunch of what I think is funny, one-liners in our culture, uh, that we use today. How's this one? 99% of lawyers give the rest a bad name. <laughs> Talk is cheap until you hire a lawyer. Okay, I won't keep bashing lawyers. How about this one? Artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. <laughs> 
support bacteria. They're the only culture some people have. Oh, I love these things. These are funny. All right. Letting the cat out, letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than getting it back in. What about this one? My mind is made up. Don't confuse me with facts. Often I feel like this is so appropriate for the COVID situation that we're in. My mind is made up. Don't confuse me with facts. Well, how about this one? I got lost in my thoughts. It was unfamiliar territory. <laughs> okay, last one. Red meat is not bad for you. Fuzzy green meat is bad for you. All right. So look, uh, in the Bible, we have a whole bunch of Proverbs that are actually really funny. But they just don't seem as funny to us, perhaps, because of age, culture, and context. But when you just let them settle, settle a little bit and you think about them, you think, yeah, there's some real smart advice and it's comical. So it's, um, you know, humor which educates. It's great. Look at this one. Proverbs 11.22 A beautiful woman who lacks discretion let that just settle in. Someone's really beautiful but doesn't behave in the best way. Is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we don't have pigs and whatever. But I mean, you get the point. Here's something really beautiful in a filthy pig. You know, like why would you do that? In the same way, if someone's really beautiful, but they act in a way which is not so great, they're just not that beautiful. I mean, it's just a fun proverb. How about this one? 17.12 It is safer to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than to confront a fool caught in foolishness. <laughs> so, I like this one because it's such a good visual description. I mean, we live in an area where if you go hiking, you could counter a bear. So we hike and we shout, bear, bear, making sure we don't come across bears. And it's like a nightmare for us if we had to be in grizzly t territory and you come across a mother bear with her cubs. But the word picture of this proverb is more like you holding the cub and you're inspecting the cub and you're trying to tell the mother grizzly bear, it's okay, I'm just checking your cute little cub out and I'll put it down immediately. And the mother bear is just like pounding towards you. I mean, like there's no hope for you. you you're done. So that proverb, that's what it's saying. So then you think, well, what would an example be, perhaps, of somebody that's a fool caught in their foolishness? How would that apply? Well, there's many examples, obviously. But one biblical example would be the story of Nabal in 1 Samuel 25. So the setup for the story is as follows. Uh, King David and his men have been out in the wilderness next to Nabal's territory. And for while they've been out there for extended season, they've been like a hedge of protection for Nabal and his flocks. And as a result, Nabal's flocks have increased and he's never faced any 
uh, problems from outsiders, nothing's ever got stolen. It's just been uh, a win for Nabal. So at a time of celebration, David sends a posse of guys up to him. He says, hey, Nabal, listen, have you got anything to spare for us so that we can celebrate uh, during this time of celebration? And uh, Nabal, being the classic fool in foolishness, he responds angrily. He curses out these men. He yells at them. He screams at them. He says, you bunch of no good guys. Where do you think you're coming from? Anybody can come and ask me for stuff. No, I'm not giving you a thing. Get out of here. And David, when the guys come back and they tell David, David is irate. He's like, give me my sword. Straps on his sword and he says, put on your swords. And he takes like 400 guys. I mean, he is just going to level everything that Nabal like owns, right? He's, he's really mad. And as he's heading up there, of course, you can read the, the rest of the story. But Abigail, his wife, uh, you know, she's beautiful. She's got wisdom. She's smart. And she defuses a bad situation. But there's a fool, Courtney's foolishness. The guy is super wealthy. He's super arrogant. He's super egotistical. He couldn't care less about anybody else. He's a drunkard. I mean, he's foul-mouthed. When you come across somebody like this, you just can't reason with them. You can't make any headway. Great proverb. Two more, three more on uh, funny educational proverbs. 1924. Lazy people take food in their hand, but they can't even lift it to their mouth. <laughs> Man, that's just such a great example of somebody being like lazy. It's like, wow, how can you be, how can you be worth it, worse than that? Another one on lazy people. Uh, lazy people irritate their employees, the employers, like vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. I mean, we've all sat around a campfire and when smoke gets in your eyes, it is so irritating. And it's saying, if you're lazy, that's what it feels like to your em employer. Or if you've tasted bad wine, uh, can you imagine putting vinegar in your mouth? It's like, ugh. That's what laziness feels like to your to your employer uh, a last one which I think is uh, kind of comical 2519 putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot you know, one of the benefits of Proverbs, it's, there's nothing there instructional for us, but it's a proverb saying this is how life is. This is how things work. This is just a truth. And, you know, I mean, you can apply that in so many ways. I mean, look at Afghanistan. You know, when we try to rely on the locals' defense helping out until, you know, we got out of there. Like a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. All right, different, different topic. Three proverbs describing marriage relational problems. They're also kind of funny, actually. But if you've had marital problems or if you're in marital problems, you will totally relate to these. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to always make the woman the bad person. And <laughs> we can go, the blame can go both ways. But here, they go, here we go. Proverbs 21.9. 
It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. 1913. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping. It's better to live alone in the desert, like with nothing hot, than with a quarrelsome, complaining wife. Man, people are sometimes in a rush to get married. These are the sort of proverbs that you want to be thinking about. It's like, no, you want to marry the right person. You don't want to just be too hasty in, in some of these decisions. What about proverbs relating to sexual purity? I mean, if you've got a teenager, uh, you really want them to be reading the Bible everywhere. But a great section to have them read is Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 9. I promise you, they will read it. <laughs> Dealing about sexuality. Let me just uh, give you a little taste of some of those. Proverbs two sixteen through 19. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of a promiscuous woman. She has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It's the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. <laughs> Yeah, it's instructional. It's helpful. Proverbs seven twenty one twenty two. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once, like an ox going to the slaughter. And friends, it can work the other way around. It's not just you know just women, but the whole point is sexual promiscuity is something that we have to all deal with and know how to deal with it. And I think it's helpful to have biblical teaching on this topic because what you're being taught out in the world is certainly not that. Four Proverbs teaching about money. Four Proverbs teaching about money. Okay, now first I'm going to give you a current day non-biblical proverb uh, or saying or one-liner. Living on earth is expensive, but at least it includes a daily trip around the sun. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about Jeff Bezos not inviting you onto his space capsule. Just enjoy the ride today. Hey, we're going around the sun. Take a view. Look at it. Enjoy it. Anyway, teaching about money. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce, he will, find, uh, he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good, good wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. This is one of those proverbs that you actually have to chew around a little bit. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. It's not saying that rich people are good or rich people are bad. It is saying that rich people have financial resources which are super helpful in all sorts of situations, uh, in every situation. And on the other hand, if you're really poor, your 
when you're so poor, your poverty in, impedes every day. I mean, you try and get an education, but you still got to take care of your six kids at home, and you got to try and work a second or third job to pay, help pay for the rent. And like, by the time you get to try and go to college, you're exhausted. You know, it's just a super helpful, again, saying, the wealth of the rich is their fortress, the poverty of the poor is their destruction. And it's so easy for poor to point at the rich and the rich to point at the poor and, you know, just like actually misunderstand each other. Um, I'm going to skip one proverb. I'm going to give you three proverbs on, uh, on money. Uh, third one, a hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies ends up in poverty. The trustworthy person uh, will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, if you're in your 20s, it's great to be dreaming and thinking and whatever not. But when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, and you're still trying to figure out a quick get rich scheme, yeah, not the greatest. All right, last proverb about drinking responsibility. Drinking responsibly. Proverbs 23, 29 through 35. And this could also relate to the story uh, of Nabal. And if you want to read that story in Nabal, 1 Samuel 25. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises and has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It stings like a viper. You will see hallucinations, and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor, tossed at sea, clinging to the swaying mast. And you will say, they hit me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can have another drink? Ugh. Anybody that's dealt with somebody that's an alcoholic, a drug addict, this is so pertinent. It just describes it the way it is. Look, I'm just end this way. Um, Proverbs are great. Make a steady diet of reading them. And... I just pray that what we've discussed today, that somehow or other, the Lord encourages you, the Lord blesses you, that you can see the funny side of life as well as the serious side of life. But the Lord is your friend. He's your guide. He wants to help you and deliver you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that can change us from the inside. So let me just pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray for blessing on your people. Lord, I pray for a rich relationship, experiencing your love and your power. And Jesus, I thank you that you made this all possible for us by dying on the cross and allowing us to invite you into our hearts. In your name, Jesus. Amen.